following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Now it's officially Rams week at the Star in Frisco as the Cowboys hit the practice field. Earnest preparations for the season opener against the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium on Sunday night. Welcome to Mick Shots, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola and Everson Walls. And it's about time we played uh, some football. We are on the eve of the start of the National Football League season as the Texans are traveling to Kansas City today to take on the Super Bowl champion Chiefs on Thursday night. It is here, guys. Hopefully they're traveling safely, too, by the way. <laughs> I, can't believe, I can't believe that the season is even starting. You guys know I was the, the pessimist of the group. I, I must be, I'm amazed that the, the NFL has actually gotten the schedule going, and we're about to watch some football. I'm, I'm as happy as Bill. I'm as happy as Bill Jones now. And the Cowboys actually got <laughs> hey. their first official regular season practice in today, this morning, and they just finished up. So they went about oh an hour and 45 minutes today outdoors, on top of it, on that new field. And uh, we are anxiously anticipating the first injury report of the season, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wonder when the official ones will come out, but I can at least tell you who was there and who wasn't. And uh, Chidabe Awuzie, uh and Xavier Woods were participating in practice, uh, along with Luke Gifford, by the way, and he'd been out for a couple weeks. Uh, so those three guys were uh, in there. Uh, Brandon Knight got back in practice, the offensive tackle, uh, and Brandon Carr was out there. So uh, he must have been in pretty darn good shape because they had him in a helmet and uh, he was going through the drills and actually going through uh, some of the, uh, well, the skeleton team stuff that the defense was doing. And he was at safety, by the way. So. Uh, so he is, he is not on practice He's squad, on the practice no. squad still, technically. But, you know, he's a guy, if they okay. decide that they need him on Sunday, they can promote him to the, to the roster on uh, game day. But, yeah, I checked uh, on those salary sites, and his salary is the, the maximum of a veteran can get on the practice squad, which is $12,000 a week. Uh, so uh, I would imagine if they at some point promote him to the 53, he'll get at least at least the veteran uh, minimum, uh, which I believe this year for a guy that has 10 years in the league is uh, minimum base is 1.3 million. So, uh, but yeah, he was out there. So uh, the only people that I didn't see practicing that was on the 53-man roster. Uh, was Jordan Lewis. He was still working on the uh, resistant cords. And uh, everybody can take a deep breath because Amari Cooper was out there uh, participating in the portion of practice that everybody was able to watch. Now, one thing uh, that also came out yesterday, the first, well, I don't know how official it is, but it is a depth <laughs> chart. <laughs> 
<laughs> that got released yesterday, and uh, there was much uh, consternation in the uh, local media about that depth chart because there were only 10 starters listed on yeah. offense, Mickey. <laughs> Mike McCarthy still at work, right? You're not going to know what we're doing with that other spot. But I think if I if I counted them right, they did have five offensive. Ten on eleven, guys. That's, they did that's have five that's offensive linemen. So don't despair there. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, and it's it's probably going to be another wide receiver. But they didn't want to say they're going three wide, and they didn't want to. Yeah, they didn't want it. They didn't want to uh, tell the Rams what formation right. they're coming out in, what Absolutely. personnel they were using on the first and not play have of the game. a fullback so, out there. So uh, that's right. They didn't have. They only had one tight end on the depth chart. They only uh, first team. They only had uh, two wide receivers, no fullback, and so they're not going to tip their hand to what formation they're coming out in. And on I noticed on Twitter the other concern was is they had. Uh, they only have two linebackers out there because they listed Alden Smith as a linebacker. Uh, so mm -hmm. uh, it's like, look, he, 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 he. I like that. I, I like I like the fact that they threw it out there. That okay, there's speculation we might be in a three-four defense. Okay, chew on right. this for a little Yeah, bit. exactly. So uh, <laughs> no no secrets getting out of here at the star at this point and. Uh, a lot of deception. I gotta tell you guys, I'm, I'm I'm loving this. I'm loving this Bill Parcells throwback mode that we're in. You know, with all the gamesmanship that we're dealing with, uh, I, I love it, man. We, we they they're using an unfortunate situation, which caused uh, a lot of concern for a lot of people. But you know, only a good coach is going to use it to your advantage, so that we can have as many advantages as we can have during this ball game. This is this is a throwback type situation. You know, Everson, I was thinking about this when I when I, I heard some complaining in the media uh, and I said, you know what? At some point you're gonna wish Jason Garrett was back here. <laughs> he was much more open about injuries. He was much more open about where guys were gonna play. And uh, McCarthy ain't giving away nothing. And you know and when we first met him back in January, uh, I, it, was, it was a really informative meeting that he had with the people that covered the team on a daily basis. And, and uh, somebody asked me about it and you know how it went. And I said, yeah, it was really good. He's a nice straight shooter. And he goes, yeah, well, don't get used to it because I heard from the guys that cover the team in Green Bay, he doesn't give up anything once the season starts. And I think we're starting and, to see and this. And that was my question. I was wondering if anyone had talked to the, the guys that covers the team yeah. you know, during the offseason and when all this was going on. Is this something that you expected? Yeah, absolutely. From, yeah, um, and, he's, uh, it is. and he's pretty good. when, he, <laughs> And I don't know if it's the technology that it's kind of messing up uh, with the press conferences, but at the end, if he gets a question when it's almost done, and I don't think he likes it, it's like, okay, yeah, I can't hear that. Well, we got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I do that to my wife all the time, man. I didn't know that you could use unlike, that in real life. Unlike Bill Parcells, he would just start telling a story, and the story would be so good you forgot what the question was. <laughs> That's what, check out the end of today's press conference and uh, what Mickey's alluding to right there. He's just, he, got the, he got the last question, which was something about protocol on the sidelines or something, and then he, he decided in his own mind that was going to be the last question. But before it signed off, okay, 
He he said Rich said that was the yeah, last question. Right? So <laughs> unlike Hallrible. Jason have to point out that's an ender and he would walk off. <laughs> Speaking of his press conference, I thought it was a good press conference today. I thought uh, I thought he was revealing on uh, kind of what he told the team in their meeting today, and and uh, the emphasis on uh, not uh, losing games, making mistakes, that sort of thing, and and just the and in general the mindset of what the expectations are here in Dallas. He said it from day one when he got the job that he embraces the high expectations, Super Bowl expectations that. Uh, they should have here in Dallas, and uh, and he talked on. And yeah, on Bill, about I that thought today. that was that was probably the the best part of the press conference because I think the question he got was, "Do you worry about uh, the expectations of the Cowboys because they're always high?" And he basically said, "No, that's what the expectations should be. Uh, I'm not coming in here." He said, "I'm not one of these guys that uh, under what was it undersells and overpromotes." Uh, Overproduces, yeah. yeah. He goes, I expect us to produce, uh, and I don't come in here and mince words. So, uh, you know, he, he basically pointed out, uh, yeah, uh, my expectation is to come here and win every game. Uh, and so, and he goes, and that's what every team in the league's probably thinking. So, yeah, I thought that was a, a really good part of, of the press conference today, and maybe uh, as revealing as he's been since this week began. You know, when you think about coaches, new coaches coming in and you hear those press conferences, you know, sometimes you just hear it just sounds like they're just saying words because that coach may not be proven. This coach right. is proven. Coach McCarthy's been there before. He's won with some of the better players in history. Uh, one of the better quarterbacks probably go, go down as one of the better quarterbacks in history. But what you have to understand is he knows what the formula is to win. You know, when you talk about going all the way to the Super Bowl, guys, you've been a part of it, Spags. Bill, you've been a part of it. We've seen it with the Cowboys. I was there with the Giants. It takes a special group and a lot of luck as well to go to a Super Bowl. This team has what they need to go. All they need is the leadership itself. And I like what he said during the press conference. We cannot beat ourselves. You guys heard me talk about it this, this, this past week about how we need all three facets of the game, but what we also don't need are a bunch of penalties that are going to take us out of position and put us in situations. And all of a sudden, that kind of becomes the culture. Like last year with the Cowboys, there were many games, big games, where we're trying to make a comeback after putting ourselves in a tough position, and all of a sudden, an untimely penalty stops us on a big play, stops us on a touchdown. You can ask uh, Randy Cobb, Randall Cobb about that one in regards to how many touchdowns were called back just uh, on his cost plays alone. Cost him his thousand-yard so season. Those penalties, uh, cost him, well, he got his quarter of a <laughs> meal, okay, so I'm sure right? he's happy about that. <laughs> I'm not going to feel too sorry for him, but at the same time, for, for as far as the team is concerned, those touchdowns could have meant a lot and made a big difference in the Cowboys' season weren't for, if it weren't for those uh, penalties. Sort of like you back. hope the, the Stars learned last night with the amount of penalties they took in that <laughs> hockey game. <laughs> you just don't want that to be your culture uh, in regards to, to losing games and how yeah, you Yeah, and I like games. the fact also, Bill and Everson, that he, he brought when he was asked about the Rams in last year's game, he said, hey, we broke it down. We showed them basically why you scored 44 points. 
Uh, and, and he goes, you know, and, and we, and that's the way you got to be able to play. And I had forgotten that they scored 44 points against that Rams team. It was towards the end of the season, uh, and you know that that he said, well, yeah, it could create motivation, but for the uh, for the Rams, but you know, there's nothing they can do about that now. You, you know, go. you know, you look at it though, and uh, with the changes that have occurred on that Rams team in this offseason, not only in personnel on the playing field, but also in their coaching staff, uh, uh, even more so uh, than usual. I don't think that you can take much out of uh, what happened late in the season last year. Though that was a big, a big loss from the Rams' perspective because it basically knocked them out of uh, a chance of uh, getting back in the playoffs last year. Uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, uh, Wade Phillips, and we'll get more into it in the next couple of days into the game planning that goes into, into this one. But, you know, Wade Phillips is no longer the defensive coordinator. Uh, Brandon Staley is the defensive coordinator, 39 years old in his first year as a D.C. And McCarthy in, this, in, the, in the Packers staff, uh, the members of this staff who were with the Packers, uh, have some familiarity uh, because he comes from the Vic Fangio school. He was an assistant under Fangio with the Chicago Bears for a couple of years, then last year uh, with the Broncos. And so when, when Mike McCarthy talks about the differences in that 3-4 defense that Phillips runs as compared to Fangio, I think that's what he was talking about Yeah, and about he also pointed out that from a personnel standpoint that, you know, they've got two assistant coaches that were with the Rams last year, Skip Pete, John Fossil. So they got a little insider information on on personnel. Now you don't know how they're going to use some of these guys, but you can pick their brains and say, okay, what does this guy do? What is what are his tendencies? Uh, and that's some pretty good intel uh, going into the first game. Uh, even though you don't have any tape on this team, uh, I think that helps out uh, from a player to player standpoint. Those guys know. And, and I said Staley's 39 years old. He's only 37, and first time as a D.C. in this league, so Colin plays for the first time. That's an interesting element uh, here in this first game. And, uh, and then uh, McCarthy also talking about Sean McVay, the respect that he has for McVay, the success that he has had at such a young age uh, early in his uh, career as a head coach. Uh, and they've gone up against each other a few times. McVay now going into his fourth year as the Rams head coach. Jared Goff's had a couple of big games against those Packer teams, 300-yard uh, passing games. Uh, so I think that McCarthy, although I don't know that he was asked about Goff per se uh, today, I think he has a lot of respect for Goff and, and what the Rams well, do Well, the Cowboys offense. defense is probably thanking God that those two uh, running backs that ran over him in the playoff game are no longer there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to mention that about the personnel, Spags, because, boy, they lost some good ones. They really did. Those are, to me, uh, when you talk about two of the three uh, very integral parts of their team, you go to the free safety part of it as well uh, in the secondary. They just lost, I believe his name is Eric Whittle, uh, yeah. a great free safety uh, for uh, the Rams. This guy's... Uh, yeah, he's not there anymore, and, and they're going to have to fill that sit that position in very well. That's a key position, especially when you're going up against the top offense from last year. Yeah, and they uh, also the, had one of the their Cowboys. starting linebackers get hurt, and they had to put him on injured reserve. I think it was Traven Howard was slated to start, uh, so they won't have him either. At a yeah. TCU. Uh, so yeah, well, but again, you know, as we I keep saying, we'll see because uh, we haven't seen a lot yet.
No one's and, seen anything yet. <laughs> and Jalen Ramsey is a very happy man. We get into that and uh, much more in the way of contracts with Mickey Spagnola, our salary cap guru here on Mix Shots when Mix Shots <laughs> continues in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to mixed shots. Cinema Drive-Ins brings the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star in Frisco. Enjoy all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe and innovative environment brought into the 21st century with the latest technologies, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend in the Gaylord lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. And now we will date ourselves as if we are already dated here on Mix Shots. <laughs> Did y'all love drive-in movies back in the day? Well, let me tell oh, you, I loved it. we had a drive-in theater on one block over from where we <laughs> lived. It was the greatest thing in the world when we got old enough to stay out after the sun went down and uh what we would do is so you know our 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 house faced the other way and then there was neighbors behind us and then the drive-in so uh during during the day or maybe at night uh we'd sneak the brave ones underneath the fence during the day we'd dig a hole so we can go crawl underneath the fence Oh my And we'd God. send the brave ones in, and they would go and turn the speakers up on the ones where there was no cars, right? So we could sit on the curb across the street and watch the movies. Uh, and if I remember wow. correctly, um, it was um, Planet of the Apes 
And those, and ever, oh, I was going to say, ever since those were the no, dirty well, movies wait. that were <laughs> When the Planet of the Apes first came out, it was X-rated, I think. And so we, we sat on the corner and watched the Planet of the Apes. Now, it might have taken two days because depending on which way the wind was blowing, we could hear or we couldn't hear. And then the real brave ones, we'd send them to the concession stand and get us popcorn. <laughs> there you go, Spag. Well, there was nothing it, like the Gemini. You know, Everybody knows about the Gemini drive-in theater. You, I know, Bill, you remember that. You got to remember the Gemini drive-in theater. It was right off of Central Expressway. Oh, yeah, I remember right driving Right across from Hamilton Park. We could, <laughs> we, could, we, could sit on, we could also sit on our porches. They had three screens, uh, Spags. So you could sit on your porch and you could see a screen or two, especially from Sherelle's house. Uh, she was right there across the street. And we were so bold. We did, because I guess we lived right there, we didn't really care about sneaking in. We would just bum rush the, 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 the gate and we would climb the fences. You know, we had those fences like, uh, like what uh, the, the Cowboys cor had. The corrugated the metal. Yeah, field. that's what we had. Yeah. Yes, yeah, the corrugated metal. And, that's how I learned how to climb fences so well, because you had to you had to be good. If they caught you and you got caught at the top of the fence, usually someone was going to kick you back out. But once you made it to that concession stand, Spags, then you were all it's over. It was over. You're in. They can, You're you know, in. And I'll tell you, you what. Blend you know, what crowd. But those are the best times of Gemini Drive-In Theater. Had a great time. What, one more, fun, one Mickey, more funny Mickey, thing is we'd see the neighbors, because be, they, they charged you per person, right? So what the neighbors would do is they'd have a couple that would drive in, but the other couple that would be in the back seat, they put them in the trunk so they could sneak in and not pay for the other oh, two we, admissions. <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, oh, no. I won't say if that we did a, that, but, but I'll say I had some friends who did that. <laughs> We had, we had Gemini drive-in at Gemini. It was a dollar a carload, just a dollar. And so however many people you could put in the car, that was great. But, of and, course, they didn't know about yeah. the ones in the trunk. So, yes, bag, that was, that was and, universal. And, uh, and, Mickey, at the 183 drive-in in Irving just down the highway from Texas Stadium, we weren't worried about turning up the speakers. We just sit outside and watch the movies from outside, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we didn't need any sound. Um, and by the way, I mean, uh, one more note on drive-in theaters. Everson, do you remember when Texas Stadium had drive-in movie theaters in the I parking do. lot yeah. there? That's right. Yeah, I do, so this sir. is, this is a throwback stuff. at the star now. All right, it's time uh, for them to come back. It's time for them to come back. That's right. That's, that's one, one good thing that has come out of the pandemic. One All good right. thing. Um, Jalen Ramsey is smiling ear to ear. $105 million, something like $21.5 million a year. And that's almost as much as Everson made in his entire wow. career in the NFL, right? <laughs> oh, boy, I thought I was so proud of my contract. I had an annuity. Like, woo, you have an annuity. Nowadays, no one needs annuity. Just give me all my money now. I'll have my own annuity. No, it's got to be an amazing thing. Uh, we saw how Deshaun Watson reacted uh, to his contract and, and how emotional that was for him. Uh, I, that's just the way uh, he was as a person. That's just his, his uh, you know, temperament. But when you look at Jalen Ramsey, I don't know if you guys recall uh, his last year in Jacksonville, I think it was. He pulled up in a... Brinks. In a, in a <laughs> he pulled up in a Brinks truck uh -huh. uh, with music and dancing girls, if, I'm, if I might add. 
<laughs> with video music and all of that. So uh, the difference between those two is just, you know, it covers the spectrum. But uh, I, I, he's a guy that, that will clearly live up to his contract. Uh, he has never, I can't remember him having any offseason to where he had a, you know, a, a gave up an, an unusual amount of plays. Uh, this is a guy that has been deserving his money for a long time. You know, as a defensive back and as a, as a former player, you want to you pull for guys who get that money, but you also want to see them live up to it. And I think he's a guy that's going to live up to it. Despite the fact he only had one interception last year, Everson. Yeah, but he scared the hell out of us. He, he, shut down, he shut down a whole lot of wide receivers. You, you find me one wide receiver that talks trash about Jalen Ramsey, and, and I'll give him a lot of credit because he must have gotten something done because Jalen shuts him down. He shuts and, him down. And he only needs 47 more interceptions <laughs> in his career to match Everson Walls. <laughs> He, he'll get there. It'll take a while, but he'll get there. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of contracts, a uh, couple of, as far as what the, uh, the Cowboys are concerned, let's start uh, with Randy Gregory. Gets a contract extension yesterday. Yeah, he did, Bill. And uh, it, it was basically a one-year deal. And you know what they, and, and, the, and when you look at it, you know what they did? He's going to, he would have been on, he's still on his old contract. So next year, Providing everything works out this year, he would be a restricted free agent. And, you know, the, the restricted free agent tender uh, for a guy like him was going to be at least uh, two point some million. Uh, That's as a second, second round, round pick, pick yeah. right? That's right. So what they did is they basically advanced him 200000 for this year uh, because he hadn't been getting paid. Remember, they tried to sign him to an extension while he was suspended. And the NFL said, nah, you can't do that. Uh, so basically, next year, he's going to make uh, what he would have normally made as a restricted free agent at, at your original draft choice. Uh, so uh, it, it, it helps him out because, you know, he's getting paid week to week. And I'm sure he paid uh, dearly to go through the rehab uh, that he had to go through to be able to, uh, you know, recover and get reinstated. So basically kind of did him a favor and gave him some money ahead of time. And the Zach Martin uh, restructure, what does that do The Cowboys do uh, gained $8 million uh, up to the salary cap this year. And everybody's like, oh, whoa, how, what are they going to use it for? Well, that $8 million gives them about $20 million uh, under the cap, uh, meaning that's what they have left. And normally they like to keep 10 to 12 uh, in reserve for things that come up, like you got to pay a guy uh, g goes on injured reserve, you got to replace him. There's another salary. Uh, I can't imagine they're going to keep Brandon Carr on a practice squad salary of $12,000 a week, uh, which is what he's on right now. Because when he moves to the 53, he's got to uh, he's got to at least uh, make the minimum. Uh, and, and so, you know, and, and the minimum for a guy that's got 10 years in like he does, uh, it, it's, it's about a million and a half a year. 
So there's more expenditure there. So you got to have a cushion. And then the other thing, you guys, what you can do is if you end up under the cap and you don't use it all, then you can use it next year. And they may need it next year just because uh, of what happens with the pandemic and uh, not making as much money off the turnstiles. Uh, you know, the Cowboys will get some allowing fans in, but like this weekend, and Rams ain't making anything because they got a brand new 72,000 uh, seat stadium and they're not letting fans in. And that's something you share with the visiting team and there's no share there. So uh, the revenue is going to go down next year. The cap might go down. We got to see how it plays out. And you know what? And then one more, bags, would and you, one would more you, thing. So it only the proration. So they take that, that money they save, giving him the money up front. Uh, and, and they prorate it over the length of the contract. So it really only adds uh, to, the, to the contract another $1.8 a year because he had a pretty lengthy contract already. I, I think uh, what I was, my question was, uh, let's say we went into another situation where we bring in a guy like Cooper, the way we did a few years ago. Would that money be enough you know, would it make a difference in bringing someone else in that the Cowboys might feel that they needed that was out there on the market unexpectedly? Yeah, depending, depending on Everson on how much the guy's base salary is because that's all, if you trade for a guy, you don't trade for the proration on the siding bonus. You just trade for the base salary. So, you know, mm. you know, had they, had, I'll just give you an example since everybody's talking about Earl Thomas, you know, his base salary for this year was a guaranteed $10 million. So if you traded for him, he would, you would hit $10 million immediately on your salary cap. Uh, so you got to be careful. Those things go into decisions to make trades or, or not make trades. And if I remember correctly, when they traded for Amari Cooper, he was still on his, on his first year salary. I mean, his first contract, uh, his rookie contract. Right. So the base salary wasn't prohibitive to say, you know what? I can't give you all I gave you because I got to pay that contract. You got to give me some some draft choice relief. So uh, that all goes into it. And for the team that does the trading, uh, you know, the rest of his prorated signing bonus all escalates into the salary cap immediately. So depending on how much you had left, uh, you got to take that on on your salary cap. So to make a trade, you better have some money left under the cap. And one more thing on contracts. A lot of talk about uh, Deshaun Watson signing his contract and comparing it with Dak. And Mickey, that truly is apples and oranges, considering the fact that Watson had two years left on his contract. The numbers are out now on Watson's contract. And, and I think you alluded to this or mentioned it yesterday, but just to reemphasize it, the, the numbers that I'm looking at, Rather than a four-year, $156 million extension, it really is a four-year, $111.89 million contract because the Texans in uh, 2024, after four years, can get out of that contract with just a $5.4 million dead cap hit in, in, in 2024. And so the average of that is is around what twenty eight million dollars rather than the forty million dollars. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you know, no, and no one, no one, and I don't know why. It's not that hard to look that stuff up, right? But everybody wants to put out there what the agent wants out there. Four years, one hundred and sixty million. 
Well, no, he's still got two years on his original contract, so it's a six-year deal, and you take what they owed him for the next two years and base salary, add it to the 156, and you don't get more than 180. And six years at 180 is $30 million. So I don't know that that just blows what the Cowboys uh, were offering Dak right out of the, you know, out of the water. It, it's basically he got a nice contract, and the key thing for those guys that Dak and his people didn't value is he just got guaranteed that money and he got a $27 million signing bonus in the bank today, which Dak mm -hmm. could have had $50 million in the bank today, but that wasn't enough. And so, you know, to me, and I've always said this and I hadn't changed my mind, not knowing if you were going to play this year or not, not knowing what the what the money was going to be, to get fifty million in the bank in April, May, June, uh, boy, I, that's hard to pass up. <laughs> I'll say. All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans! With Tight Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week, proudly wearing the star, to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back. To mixed shots. Cinema drive-ins bring the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star. Enjoy all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe and innovative environment. Brought into the 21st century with the latest technologies, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend in the Gaylord lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. And I was supposed to read NFL Fan of the Year. <laughs> <laughs> 
Would you like to read that? Now, more than ever, the Cowboys want to recognize our fans that everything you do to make football, well, football, as part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and or inspires others through their love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash fan of the year now to learn more and nominate yourself or others for a chance to be named <laughs> NFL fan of the year. And I'm nominating Everson Walls. Hey, I'm nominating you for taking more time <laughs> off the clock. I like that, Spad. That's a good slick way to do it, man, since we're, we're at a loss for time. I don't think here. we're at a loss of topics. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one thing that was brought up in uh, Mike McCarthy's press conference are the sideline protocols and only eight in the box uh, at this new stadium in L.A., Boy, Mickey. Bill, there's a lot of protocols that they've got to adhere to. Uh, number one, after you get past the players uh, on your traveling squad, uh, you're only allowed 70 more people to travel, uh, and that includes an entire coaching staff uh, that number's like 25 to 30, uh, and anybody else you bring along. Also, there's a limit to how many people can be in the bench area uh, that, that aren't coaches or aren't uh, uh, medical people. You've got to count all these folks, and they've, they've only got so many, and you've got to be in Tier 1 or Tier 2 to be in that area, okay. and which What's means, which means you gotta be, you're, you're one of the people that are being tested daily daily uh, and if and, and if anybody's going to go with you uh, that hasn't been tested daily you better start this week early and start getting tested uh, if you're going to be on the field so field access is going to be really restricted uh, along with the size of the booths they're only going to allow so many in, in there so they're not packed in there like sardines uh, and 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 they got to try to social distance. So there's a lot of protocols uh, that the coaches, the players, uh, have to adhere to. Uh, not to mention the testing that'll go on before they get on the plane, uh, and then after they get to the hotel, uh, they're not allowed to leave, uh, and uh, they're not allowed to have their buffet dinner as a team dinner. Uh, everything's got to be individual, uh, either. Uh, contactless delivery or room service to your room or if you're going to use the restaurant in the hotel for the guys to eat at the restaurant has to close down to the public so there's a lot of restrictions wow. for uh, teams traveling and uh, I would imagine the teams tomorrow are, are, are going to be the first ones they have to go through all this so if the players got to order room service, how much per diem are they getting? Have you ever tried to order room service in L.A. I'm or New sure York? I'm sure their per diem will more than cover it. <laughs> we we used to get we used to get what like 21 bucks yeah. rice bags for, for per diem, <laughs> and then we would all gamble it away on the plane on the way to wherever we were going. So the the, the 21 dollars didn't really mean yeah. much at all. All right, so, uh, so, so get ready. The, the Patriots play the Dolphins. And, of course, uh, a former Patriots assistant coach, Brian Flores, the head coach of the Dolphins, I guarantee you there's going to be sideline gate coming out of the Patriots game this weekend. Bill Belichick's going to have too many people in, on the sideline. <laughs> They're going to do right? some counting, I'll guarantee you. They probably only give out so many passes. So if you, 
If you have too many on the sideline, is it a sideline violation? Can you get penalized during the game? What's what's the enforcement? Too many on people that? on the field. It's kind of like hockey, right? Yeah. When you make a bad they, change, they, they would probably they would probably get fined. They would probably get fined afterwards, maybe, right? I mean, I don't know if they would penalize them there. I think they would probably find them uh, after the game. There'll be a lot of uh, video searching to see who kept up with all the. The, the priorities and things of that nature. I wanted to ask about the, the uh, you know, like when they, once they come off the field doing timeout spags, I see it in, in NBA uh, where they try to keep a little social distancing, but they're only dealing with about five to seven people at, the, at a time. And, you know, now you're looking at at least 11 guys uh, that are going to be huddled up. Let's say they have a timeout, something important is going on. They're not trying to social distance with 11 guys in football uniforms, no, I, are they? I, I, mean, I don't see, think so. Uh, I mean, you mean like if there's a timeout and you bring out the whole offense to the sideline to talk yes, to them? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I haven't, I yes, haven't seen and, and, anything and he, on that, but they have uh, suggested heavily if you're on the sideline to, you know, wear a mask. Uh, they're not going to uh, mandate it, but they're su heavily suggesting. And Mike McCarthy talked about that the other day about, you know, him getting used to coaching with the mask on uh, from the sideline. So, uh, and, and, you know, if I'm in, in a, like Kellen Moore, you know, you got to call plays. Boy, you better practice enunciating with a mask on if that's what you've got to do talking <laughs> to the quarterback, right? You can't understand. You, you can't that's understand right. anybody. Yeah, everything is muffled. Uh, it's got, well, there's no crowd yeah. to worry about, so they don't have to worry about the noise. But I'm sure they'll have some type of pipe music coming in. Yeah, they will. And so when you look at that, I, I think that'll be a, that's a major concern to me. And it's not just doing timeout spags. It's like when the defense comes off the field. We got to get together right. and talk right. about it. You know, and so once we're doing that, you're not just dealing with 11 guys. You're dealing with more because you got substitution that'll come in on third down. So you have to deal with those, that personnel. You have to deal with the guys that are backing up. And you might be shuttling different players, different positions. That kind of thing uh, seems a little dangerous because these players – they're not in a bubble the way the NBA was. They didn't bring in their families until playoff time. But, but here, you've got players going back home after the yeah, games, correct? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, if you look at the NBA, when they, when they have a timeout, they huddle up. They're, you know, they've got guys that sit. The, the, the extras are sitting in their seats. But the, 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 Designated coach, yeah, seats. the coach yes. is in the middle of a huddle with five or six guys. Uh, and I would imagine, you know, I just think with the amount of testing, because these guys have to have to test on Friday, they have to test on Saturday before they they get on the plane, and then Sunday, uh, from what I've read, you've got to do a temperature check before you leave the hotel, and then you got to do a temperature check before you enter the stadium. Uh, now I understand you can probably pass a temperature check and still be infected. Uh, but I think with that amount of precautions, uh, you know, once you get on the field, that you should be okay. Uh, and that's what they're hoping for. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. So then in a situation like the Cowboys are in this week where they're traveling to L.A., how many of the – and not knowing for sure who's passing all those tests leading up to the time the tar charter leaves, okay, all right, how many on the practice squad are going to travel with the team in case they have a a breakout? A, yeah, an issue. Absolutely, uh, and I would imagine you know you're not going to take an, an extra 16 guys because uh, that'll count against your total. 
uh, but you'll probably take some of those guys and at least take the four that uh, you protected that no one could sign that you say, okay, these guys are important to what's going on. But, you know, like even before that, you remember when Kellen Moore was traveling, he was on injured reserve and the Cowboys were bringing him along uh, to be an extra uh, set of eyes on, on the sideline. Uh, you can bring some of those guys, and you can bring, you know, and you'll bring the guys. Uh, it, and I would imagine everybody's going to have eight offensive linemen, so they could at least expand the uh, game day roster to 55 before you have to cut back to 48. Uh, so you'll have some extra guys. And the uh, the uh, testing on Saturday is a point of contact testing where you find out the results immediately. You don't have to wait 24 hours. But so so there will be some practice squad guys that have their bags. I would think so. And ready to go, depending <laughs> on those Saturday morning tests. And they could they jump got them on, on Jerry's Learjet if they have to. They're, they're flying standby. <laughs> <laughs> so if if they don't if a, if the regular uh, a guy on the 53 or 55 doesn't pass the test then you get on the the charter otherwise you got you got to get on Jerry you have to get on Jerry's private plane for if you're going to come late uh, my question <laughs> spags is we used to have to if i'm not mistaken didn't we have to fly on the plane with you guys with no the media there going to be oh, no yeah. media on this plane no. no media. So what? What? So how do? You, what? What do you guys do? You guys just cover uh, from home. I think, from from what I've been told from the guys at the newspapers, they're probably at least traveling to the first game because everybody's worried about the social injustice protests, and if the TV doesn't show it, then you'll never see what took place. So I think they want their guys there. Uh, but after that, I don't know how much uh, they're going to travel. I mean, if you look at what's going on uh, with the hockey. Uh, and the NBA, the NBA only let so many media people into the bubble. Uh, the NHL, not very many, and I think the local newspapers here did not send anybody to Edmonton to cover the stars. They're doing it off of TV and the virtual interview. And, so, and, and you know what, right. and even if you travel interviews. to the game, you're going to listen to the interviews in the press box because they're not going to let you in the locker room. The only people being yeah, you can't even get down yeah, on, on that level. And, and there's right. no. Wow. And I can tell you, the TV stations, none of the TV stations are sending. And there's no hanging on out trips. on the field beforehand uh, during warmups either. Uh, that's all been uh, right. uh, restricted. Right. And uh, the other thing, and we got to we got to go, but uh, for local TV stations, there's no access down on the field. They're up in the stands, shooting at a low level. What they and, and they're in a stationary spot. Usually, they would roam the sidelines, but not anymore. Not not during this. All right, that does it for mix shots. We're gonna break down those matchups. Everson is all prepared for this I'm tomorrow. Ready, baby. Cowboys <laughs> versus Rams. Mix shots again. 1:30 tomorrow afternoon. See you next time. Thanks, guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!